0: In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So, go to podsurvey.com slash Barry and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey... You can enter for a chance to win a 100 dollars Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Barry. B-E-R-R-Y. Thanks for your help. He ended up 34. I'm not as high on him this week as you, Matthew. That's like Snoop Dogg high. But I did
1: move him up to 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 uh, <laughs> shout out to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Baby wake up. I, have a,
0: I do have him at running back 21. High
2: as Snoop Dogg, high as my cholesterol. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a so lot like, had there. Yeah. It's really, right? Just, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. Fantasy football happy hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome. To the fantasy
0: football happy hour. It is love-hate day for week number three on the NFL season. I'm Connor Rogers, alongside the very excited Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. Listen, Good
2: representing the, the Magpies yeah, and pause. Macho Man Savage, Randy Macho Man, <laughs> Man Savage. I dig it. I'm, A lot of versatility I'm, on this. I, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm fairly generic, but like, hey, <laughs> you're very lunch pale today. I'm very lunch pale, just like my buddy Snoop Dogg. The dog drinks for free. That's right. He drinks for free today. He drinks for free every day. The dog father. Yeah, exactly. There you go. We love Snoop. This is a pro Snoop table. Absolutely. Just so you know. Uh Listen, Absolutely, we got a lot to get through today. Did, before. You ever answer, did you ever answer that question, Jay? I asked it to you yesterday, and then I felt like we moved on. But how do you keep your pimp hands strong? Yeah,
1: it's a great question, Matthew. Uh, I still haven't devised Tread an I mean answer for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little warning. I gave, I gave you 24 hours, and yeah. so you still haven't come yeah. up with a good uh, answer? To made it made it made you to not make another 24 in, days. Uh, you
2: got to keep them in, in line. <laughs> keep everyone in line <laughs> is what yeah. you got to do. Okay. So gotta, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, so how about some Roto-World player news then? what I like to do? You know what I like to do? I like to ask questions that make Connor and Jay awkward. They don't know what should I. Where should I go? Yes. Should I actually Barry, answer this? I, I, I know uh, where the line streets. is. I, I know where the line is, and I feel like Barry has gone over the line. Yes. And I, I for one, am much younger than Matthew. I have families to provide for. I have fiancés yeah. to uh, provide for. Absolutely. Dogs 100%. to provide for. Yep. Matthew can just, you know, what does he care? He's just, he's he's out there living on borrowed time anyway. When you ask those
1: questions, it's like a dimly lit kind of array of streets, and I don't know the way to get home. (laughs) And there
2: might not be a
0: way home,
1: to be honest with
0: you. That's correct. They say a lot of things about you, Barry, but you do know where the line is. I do. I just like to
2: step over it. You're incredibly talented at stepping just just over over it. That's actually correct. All right, listen. Let's get on track here. <laughs> oh, I, I stop talking. Off, off, off the
0: rails again. What do you know? Listen, here's the injuries we're tracking right now. Jalen Waddle did not practice. He is dealing with that head injury from the uh, illegal hit that he took against New England. A couple other ones here. I think that's this is a little bit of a surprise. Bryce Young has now not practiced two days in a row. Yeah. Andy Dalton's the backup, so maybe no Bryce Young this week, Barry. Yeah,
2: and that, I mean, like, not that Bryce Young is fantasy relevant, but uh, so that we're. This is Thursday morning. It just came out just before we came on air that Bryce Young once again was not practicing for the Carolina Panthers Uh, and you know that suddenly becomes interesting because they're on the road at Seattle and I'd actually I'd have more confidence in the Carolina pass catchers if Andy Dalton was under center I I mean again we love the long term upside of Bryce Young I'm on my way to Alabama after the show for its parents weekend so you know listen roll tide I'm not saying I'm I'm absolutely not saying anything bad about Bryce Young I love Bryce Young (laughs) but in you know Andy Dalton's a professional quarterback the the Seahawks are the third worst pass defense through the first two weeks of the season and so you might have more confidence in an Adam Thielen in a Hayden Hurst even a Jonathan Mingo or the run game if Dalton was under center I think that's an interesting one to track
0: Anthony Richardson also still in concussion protocol. We could see more of Gardner Minshew. One injury you don't see here is, of course, Austin Eckler, who we've talked about on the show this week. Because Eckler is not day-to-day or week-to-week. We don't have a timetable on him. But how about hear from the man himself on the ankle injury that he's dealing with? Yeah, dealing with the ankle, and I've dealt with ankles in the past. You just got to get it to a point where you feel good, where it's taped up, and you can actually feel like, okay, if I get tackled, it's not going to be re-aggravated and set me back to where I was before, where I could barely walk on it. It's nothing that's going to be like, ah, like he's out for, you know, several months type of thing. It's a day-to-day, week-to-week type of situation. I like the progress that I've made so far, so hopefully back sooner than later.
2: Later in that same interview, who, by the way, he said, listen, I get it. I know fantasy managers want me out there. I have myself on one of my teams, so I I need me out (laughs) there, too. He's one of us. (laughs) He is absolutely one of us. Uh, It's awesome that he, he is so forthright, but it doesn't sound good that he's going to be out there this weekend Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings.
0: All right, so for Thursday Night Football, you see the injury report, of course. uh,
2: And if Josh Kelly goes, Josh Kelly would be a top 20 start against the Vikes.
0: If you're watching here on Peacock or on YouTube, you see the notable injury report for Thursday Night Football. Saquon Barkley now has been ruled out. Nice try, Brian Dable. Nobody (laughs) fell for that. Wondell Robinson could make his return from the knee injury. The big one we're tracking here, Jay, Brandon Ayuk, if we get an update during the show, we obviously will give it to you. But Ayuk is dealing – he's playing through a shoulder injury. We don't know if he's going to play tonight on the short week.
1: Didn't look good against the Rams. He looked like he was in real discomfort. Yeah. And uh, guess what? They can, beat, they can beat the Giants without Brandon Ayuk tonight. So I wonder if they skew to the side of caution. Maybe even if he does play, it's not a full complement of snaps. Just quickly on Ekola. Did he imply that he couldn't walk on the ankle previously. It's yes, just, which isn't great. No, and also the fact that he threw in week to week as well, so possible time. So I don't think he's going to play this I, week. I, I would guess. I don't.
2: I don't have a lot, right. I don't have a lot of confidence that he no. goes up against the Vikings. I, as somebody who has Brandon Ayuk in a 16-team guillotine mm. league, no. I mean, like it's dicey. I need Brandon Ayuk. I am I am praying to the fantasy gods, please, Brandon Ayuk. I just I just need like you know like three catches and a mm. touchdown. Can I get that tonight? And then you can then you can take the second half off or something like that. I'm just it's, uh, actually scenario is
0: not out of the range, by the way. Not, yeah, he plays the first half, and then it's like ah,
2: and we're okay here. I will say this: just we're gonna we're gonna do a game preview later um, and check that out on on YouTube if it's not part of this show. But uh, what I will say is, if Brandon Ayuk is active, I'm starting him. Even if he's questionable, so. he just – because all he needs is one play. He's yep. that type of guy. It's that type of type of offense. They're double-digit favorites against the Giants. So, if Ayuk is active, I'm starting him.
0: One bit of news here away from injuries, but, of course, uh, a team that needs help in the backfield. The Vikings acquire Cam Akers from the Rams for a swap of yeah. – wait for it – 2026 draft picks. Day three 2026 draft
2: picks. I mean, three,
1: I mean picks. like, dude.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, like – How do you think that call went down,
2: by the yeah. way? Yeah.
1: Hey, Hard um, negotiating.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, what do you want? Like, hey. we have a
1: punnet of blueberries as well in the package. It's, uh, I think, obviously you can't yeah. just trade someone for nothing, right? So you have to fulfill that element of the trade logistically. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was going to get cut, uh, regardless. Yeah, I
2: mean, I, I think right. I think it's first up, the Rams absolutely killed his trade value. Like, he's a healthy scratch. <laughs> we hate him again. We hated him <laughs> yeah. last year. Seemed like we'd made up, but now we've, we've hated him again. So the fact that they are able to get anything for this guy and basically get his salary off their books, I think, is a win for the Rams because they were clearly done with Cam Akers. As for the Minnesota Vikings, understand that so you've got you've got Kevin O'Connell and you've got Wes Phillips, the the head coach and the offense coordinator of the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They came from the Rams and Sean McVay, so they're familiar with Cam Akers. Cam Akers played under those two guys, so it's a known quantity of what they're getting, which I think is exciting for O'Connell and Wes Phillips. It's also like for Cam Akers, like not a big learning curve. They're running the same basically the same offense in Minnesota. So he should be able to get up to speed quickly. And let's face it, for all the fireworks and explosiveness that the Vikings offense has put up, they're 0-2 and they haven't run the ball this year. They just have been really ineffective running the ball. Alexander Madison's gotten a ton of volume but just no production. And so maybe they're like either we don't think Madison can be the guy or hey this is we're giving Madison, like, listen, you weren't worried about Ty Chandler, worry about this guy, because this guy has been a productive lead running back in the NFL. I mean, again, over the final six games of last year, Cam Akers was a top-five fantasy running back. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage. He averaged that over those final six games. So, I mean, again, it's not just fantasy stats. Like, he has legitimately been a productive NFL starting running back, and so maybe, you know, I don't know. It's just, in general... If you're starting a Vikings running back this week, it's Alexander Madison. Cam Akers just got there. He'll probably get a handful of touches, right? And it's it's a it's a matchup that doesn't scare you that much against the Chargers. They're middle of the pack against the run so far this year. But if I was an Alexander Madison manager, I'm nervous. I'm already nervous the first two weeks, and this is not helping. And I think if you're a Cam Akers manager, this is the best case scenario because he wasn't getting on the field in LA, and now he's gone to a situation where he's got a shot. He's got a legitimate shot at significant playing time with coaches that know him that understand his personality and went to trade for him
0: how about if you're a Kyron Williams manager right now you're loving life looking good
1: good, guy who basically went undrafted in drafts is all of a sudden looking like a top 20 running back certainly the rest of the way
2: he may come up later in the show Mm. FYI but I have him as a top 10 play this week Kyron Williams
1: with Madison I mean game script killed him against the Eagles they were just down so much straight away but he didn't look great in either game he looks kind of Najee Harris-esque just kind of running in mud at the moment and the thing with AK I tweeted this out a few nights ago, but it's weird how Akers and Rashad Penny, they only have two modes. It's like close to the best running back in the league or close to getting cut. And so Akers has a lot of upside, and if Madison isn't good against a vulnerable Chargers defense, then I'd be very worried.
0: All right, let's get into love-hate, and of course we start with the running backs for Week 3. And yes, we will get to Kyron Williams in just a second, but before we do here, Barry, Travis Etienne... Going up against the Texans, he tops the list. There was some fear over the summer. What is Tank Bigsby Tank going to do in this offense, and how is they going to affect ETN? But you love ETN going into Week Three with this matchup.
2: Well, I love I love the match. Speaking of the matchup, the matches with Houston, I love. A matchup with the Houston. I mean, through through the first two weeks of the season, Texans have allowed four rushing touchdowns to running back. No team in the NFL has allowed more than Houston. Seventy-nine percent of the team's running back touches so far have gone to Travis Etienne. He's actually run more than 25 routes in both games. He actually only had three such games, so they're trying to get him more involved in the passing game. Yes, Tank Bigsby did take the the touchdown in game one, but still 110 scrimmage yards, both games against the Texans last year. I think he does it again. I have ETN
1: as a top 10 play this week. Yep, you love the matchup and I think there was concern certainly that uh, Tank Bigsby was going to eat into his workload, not so far, not really, some goal line stuff, yes, some, but for the most part, Etienne is getting on 80% of the carries and, and he's clearly the guy, and this is about as good of a matchup as you can have.
0: Jay, let's revisit Kyron Williams because of the matchup, he is at Cincinnati, I know we are still kind of wondering the status of the Cincinnati team with Joe Burrow, but you know, we you look at Kyron Williams, he's had an impact in the pass game, but he's also gotten a lot of work in the run game. and. I think the biggest surprise offense of the fantasy season through two weeks so far?
1: Absolutely, and I think it's largely, look, Pukunuku is an incredible story, but I think almost the biggest story in terms of the outlook of the rest of the season is that Matthew Stafford looks like a top seven, top eight quarterback in the NFL. I mean, this was a guy two years ago who was in the MVP discussion early in the season, who won the Super Bowl, who was almost Super Bowl MVP, and he looks like he's back to being that caliber of player, and the entire offense is benefiting. And the fact that they were able to move the ball on San Francisco with like, Relative ease, San Francisco couldn't get off the field for the first three quarters. So I think Kyron Williams, it's such a vote of confidence as well from an organizational perspective that they're ready to just move on from Cam Akers after two weeks because they believe in Kyron Williams.
2: Yeah, and by the way, Zach Evans becomes kind of an interesting stash if you're just looking to grab somebody to to back him up. But Kyron Williams is going to get a massive workload in this 95% 95% rate in week number two. Cincinnati, it's not a bad matchup against the Bengals. They've allowed the fifth most rushing yards to running backs through the first two weeks of the season. I have Kyron Williams at running back six this week. Guys. Wow! I, mean, I know, like it's like that's the world we live in, right? Puka Nakua, is the roll thing. Tide. Kyron Williams, <laughs> roll tide. Let's go. Uh, dogs are playing with cats. You know, it's all sorts of chaos. Uh, yeah, Kyron Williams, man. Look at that. Look at the stat on your screen. Only Tony Pollard has more touches in the red zone this season. Then Kyron Williams, who, again, was literally left for dead in drafts. No one took him at all. He also, by the way, has a 13.5% target share this season. He's third on the team, so he's being involved in all three facets of the game. Uh, well, not on, you know, all three downs, I should say. Not three. He's not playing special teams. He's not yeah. playing defense. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's a Thursday. I was up late writing the well uh, Hate article, which is, uh, should be up very soon on NBCSports.com, RotoWorld.com. I'm a company man. Uh, Kyron Williams, running back six for me this week. Some just, are
0: saying you slept at NBC to finish some, the article. Some are saying, like a head coach. Some the NFL are saying, who says the very facility. much so. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Under the booth at the cafeteria. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Just a strange place to it. choose where to sleep <laughs> at NBC. Um, just quickly. Go try for Tony but Pollard. But
2: when I had to use the bathroom, it was your office. Oh, just right. you know, yeah. Just Don't yeah, no yeah. <laughs> right. worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there not a bathroom in there? <laughs> Jay's? Uh, no, oh, yeah. No, Oops. No. Oops. Oops. Uh, All right. Well, then, whatever. I still used it. I just, like, Jay won't.
1: Be, right? <laughs> okay. So, um, what was I saying? Uh, go try for Tony Pollard. Because he's got 19 uh, touches in the red zone already. And uh, he's not getting the production yet. But um, it's coming. And he's going to be yeah. a top five running back on the season. Obviously. No doubt.
0: All right. Our next one comes with a little caveat. Jameer Gibbs makes the love list going again. Mm-hmm the Falcons. This kind of comes in feeling that David Montgomery won't play in this game. David Montgomery did not practice Wednesday. We know he said it's going to take week to, uh, he's week to week to get healthy. His coach kind of calling it day to day. We'll see with David Montgomery. But, Barry, Jameer Gibbs yep. against Atlanta. We know there will be some Craig Reynolds in this game. But it feels like more for Gibbs. And that's
2: what I wrote in the article. I said there's going to actually be more Craig Reynolds in this game than I think uh, Jameer Gibbs' uh, managers are expecting or would like. But still, it should be the Jameer Gibbs show. He played on 71% of the snaps once Montgomery left the game last week, including 100% on third and fourth down. He also got the only carry inside the 10-yard line. His target share last week, 26.5%. He's actually targeted on 43% of his routes, so almost half of his routes he got a target as well. Remember the Lions averaging over 32 running back touches per game through the first two weeks. And so playing the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, which is not a team that scares you. They're a bottom-10 run defense through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I think Jameer Gibbs, and again, this game is indoors, on the turf, in Detroit. Gibbs should be able to break one or two. I actually have him as a top-10 play. And if Montgomery is suddenly active – Again, because we're still following the situation. He's still a top-20 play. Patience, Jameer Gibbs uh, managers, because your day is coming, and that day is this Sunday.
1: Yeah. Suspect he might want to upstage Bijan Robinson as well in the matchup of uh, number one, first-round running backs. Total there is 46 From the and SEC. Yeah, from the SEC. SEC. A
2: little SEC rivalry yeah, roll, right there. Roll tight again. Oh, no, I'm again. sorry. No, that's, I take that back. No, Bijan was Texas. But, um, Close enough. <laughs> sorry. No, well, no. I have a state <laughs> Can I Roll south. No. I, no I, here's literally what happened in my mind. Because last week Bijan played Carolina, and there was a mm. shot after the game of Bijan and Bryce Young, Texas and Alabama the night after Texas beat Alabama, and so like I I did an SEC comment on the Sunday Show, and so good so, internal uh, look at enough. how you signed up No, and then right, connect, and so like oh Bijan, right, and then you know, and then I, I then I was thinking oh Georgia, Atlanta and yeah. Georgia, and I and then anyway, and then you
1: thought about diet soda and, then and, just, about and, and and
2: and and I was just like I I probably should have. I probably should have used some deodorizer in your Uh, office last night. And I just, (laughs) anyway, just, it's all a mishmash in there. And that all happened within like a nanosecond. (laughs) So just, just taking you through my psychosis Uh, and just understand (laughs) that, like, just be thankful because... Like you at any point can turn this off. They're contractually required to deal with this an yeah, hour every. I single see day. six days a
1: week. Yeah, six <laughs> days. Oh, and for Jay, it's six days a yeah, week.
2: For
0: me, it's five. I actually thought about this.
2: Yeah,
1: unlike yeah, yeah. Jay. Yeah, God bless us yeah, and to why for to watch the jets you away. Instead. Yes, yeah, yeah hey, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, a, good that's point. a good point. <laughs> <a fair laughs> point. punishment? Yeah. That's a fair point. What is the yeah. balance there? Matthew Barrett at 9 a.m. on Sunday, or Zach Wilson in primetime. Either way,
2: right. Neither is ideal. All right, a couple
0: yeah. others receiving votes here. Isaiah Pacheco going up against the Bears, which that defense is a fantasy fiesta, it feels like. Raheem Mostert against the Broncos as Jeff Wilson still on IR. Zach Moss going up against the Ravens. Zach Moss coming off a really, really big week. That backfield is his. And then Jalen Warren against the Raiders right now. That Raiders defense not looking so good, Barry. Jalen Warren looking like the more explosive runner in that Steelers backfield.
2: By the way, Raiders have allowed the second-most running back receptions through two weeks. Second-most targets on the team through two weeks. For Warren. But, I mean, again, I know Deontay Johnson in a game that should be high scoring at Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football right here on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man. Zach Moss, 98% of the snaps last week. Whether Richardson or Minshew, he's going to get a ton of work here. We like that. I mean, we just saw what Brian Robinson did to the Broncos yep. and now Raheem Mostert on a much better offense. My commanders have a good offense. The Dolphins have an awesome offense. Yep. And, and so uh, him and then Pacheco, it's just worth thing like two games this year, the Bears have allowed over 20 fantasy points. They've given up a running back rushing touchdown in both games. Pacheco saw 88% of the team's running back carries in week two. Again, he's now fully healthy. They've moved on from CEH. They want to save Jarek McKinnon for the end of the season. So it's going to be mostly Isaiah Pacheco against the Bears. Worth noting, of course, the uh, Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites, so you could see some running in the second half as well.
1: I would suspect so. And just quickly on most of it, there's a chance that Jalen Waddell doesn't play. Tyreek Hill's on the injury report with an ankle, which seemed like it's a little bit of a concern because he's dealing with the ankle at the end of last season. uh, So don't want to see him banged up. But there is a chance that no Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan on Tyreek Hill, and we saw what happened against the Patriots where Christian Gonzalez largely shut down Tyreek Hill, and all of a sudden they might be running the ball a ton. And to your point, Brian Robinson had success.
2: Right. Running a ball a ton. Or, and or, by the way, maybe some, maybe some Durham Smythe.
1: Maybe some River Smurf. Craycraft. You just like saying Raxton Braxton name. Berrios.
2: <laughs> All the stars are coming out of Miami this weekend, no doubt. But let's, anyway, we like the, I like the Dolphins and I like the Dolphins to cover. River
1: Craycraft. Yeah. Let's,
0: let's move over to the hate list. River Craycraft. You know, this is a well, tough one. It. We start with we Damian Pierce against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Damian Pierce, it has not been a good start to the season for him. He's played less than 50% of the snaps. He's averaging less than three yards per carry. They're missing three to four starters on that offensive line, Jay, which is not helping. They're playing a rookie quarterback who's had his ups and downs, plenty of ups, but for Pierce... Nothing's going in the right direction.
1: It's not. And look, this is just unviable. Like, he's got no chance. Maybe this one a little bit, but these other ones, he's getting tackled straight away. CJ Stroud as well, just under immense pressure already. And I just don't think, until they get these guys back, we'll see what happens with Laramie Tunsil. Titus Howard's on the IR. He won't be back till week five at earliest. Until that point, I just don't think that any running back on Houston is going to be viable, Matthew.
2: I would agree with that. And I can't believe you guys forced me to put him on my preseason love list. I didn't want to, but I'm trying to be a good teammate, you know, and both Jay and Connor were like, oh, my God, please, please, please. It's our only ask. We We won't do the show. We won't do the show unless you put it on. And I'm like, fine, fine. I don't believe in this guy at all, but because you guys have so begged, I will – I will go out on a limb and promote this. Guy. I will anyway, say that this. Was, look, right now it's not looking one of my best look. calls. Like I, def, I was all in on
1: Damian Pierce mm-hmm. in the preseason. Tunsell will be back. How do we back? Yeah. Stroud is good. Stroud has been good so far. Yes. That offense is going to get better. And Pierce, if he's if he's alive, if he stays survives right. these next couple of weeks, he will get good. At and, some and their point. schedule
2: gets easier. Like yeah. it's been it's been some tough run matchups uh, as well as. But yes, he's barely inside my top thirty. Jacksonville has allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards to running back through two games. They're giving up to three point one yards per carry. We've talked about that. And by the way, because they've gotten so down, you know, he's played on less than 50% of the snaps through two weeks, which has been somewhat surprising as well. You see it on your screen. The Swaguars have been very good defensively against running backs so far in this young season.
1: This Are, is how bad it is with Damian Pierce. is that I've got him in a league where I was I quickly thought, do I start Zach Ertz in my flex over Damian Pierce? Like, I don't think I'm going to, but it's, it's, it's like a thing. Like the fact that, that it's a conversation. Yeah, it's insane. Fair one. Zach right. Ertz.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah,
1: oh, great.
0: Our next one was the darling of the waiver wire, and that was Jerome Ford. Plenty of people probably spent a lot of FAB budget this week to acquire Jerome Ford. The problem for Jerome Ford is that he goes up against the Titans this week, Barry. In Tennessee right now, nobody is running on Tennessee.
2: No, they've allowed 2.6 yards per carry to running back so far this season. Here's the running back finishes against the Titans. As you see it there on your screen, fewest running back yards allowed per carry this year. Here's the running back finishes against the Titans this year. Week one, Jamal Williams, running back 38. Week two, Josh Kelly, another free agent, a waiver wire darling that everyone started in week two, running back 51. And so here comes Jerome Ford, who's my running back 25 this week. I might be too high on him at running back 25. The the argument there is that Deshaun Watson looks awful and maybe – Volume and passing game involved Jerome Ford, who's a really nice pass catcher. So that's the only way that I see him getting to a top 25 finish here is that hopefully Watson, Marty Cooper may not be 100%. He got a little bit, you know, he was banged up going into Monday night, didn't feel like he got fully healthy there. So could they dump it off to Jerome Ford? But the fact that Kareem Hunt is in the building, I don't think Kareem Hunt's any good. We talked about this uh, yesterday. But he knows the system. He's back in the building. So even if he gets five touches in this game again because the only way ford likely gets there is either with a home run ball or through just sheer volume and i'm just i'm nervous about that uh i took the yesterday when we were doing our best bets on that game i took the under on uh on 39 and a half right and i mean it's been it's been bet down on DraftKings as well so i just doesn't look like there's gonna be a ton of offense
1: in that game No. And the issue as well is that if Ford's path to success is uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, well, that's kind of what Kareem Hunt does as well. So that would be the one kind of part where Kareem Hunt could have success. But, Connor, I mean, Ford does have home run potential, right? That's what you're
0: hoping for is the big play. And he's capable of doing it on any touch. He's got great speed. He's a home run hitter. It's an offense they want to run a lot of stretch plays to get him off the tackle. So if you're starting him, you can be salvaged by just one big play.
1: That's what you're good, hoping for. Which is a good I mean, that's feeling. exactly what he did against the Steelers. I think it yeah. was like yeah, 15 for 37 outside of the 69, 70-yard right, run. Right,
0: right. Yeah. That's kind of the Jerome Ford experience. Our last running back on the hate list here, Khalil Herbert against the Chiefs right now. Barry, he's just not getting the volume, Khalil Herbert, and they love Roshan Johnson. Yeah,
2: single-digit carries in both games uh, so far this year for Khalil Herbert. Uh, He's played in only 37% of the snaps when Chicago has been trailing by seven or more points this season. That's significant given the Chiefs are 12.5 point favorites. There's been a lot of news in Chicago. Uh, Justin Fields throwing his coaches under the bus, backing it off. Lots of, you know, but luckily, Chicago is a very rational and calm sports town that isn't at all. Panicking over their franchise quarterback being 0-2 and, 2 and uh, you know, throwing their coaches under the bus. There's literally – I think Sports Talk is mostly just talking about the Blackhawk season. They're really excited about it these Redard, days. Redard, yeah. Listen, yeah, he yeah, actually
0: – he threw the coaches under the bus. Then did a second presser at his locker where he said, no, not the coaches. I'm throwing the media under the bus for taking me out of context. So, Got it. A real banner day in so Chicago. So,
2: he's, he's making friends left and right. The fact is, is the offense is a mess. Yep. The offense is the mess, uh, is absolutely a mess. The Chiefs have actually been the third best scoring defense so far this season. I mean, they shut down Jacksonville pretty well. Jacksonville got a little bit unlucky, but make no mistake. Like, this game's in Arrowhead, a very tough place to play. The Bears offense feels like a mess. They do love Roshan Johnson. We expect the Bears to be down. Khalil Herbert hasn't been involved in the passing game here. I just No, thank you. Khalil Herbert well outside my top 30. <laughs> well, take
1: that, Khalil. <laughs> well, ready for also, that one. uh I just, I mean like yeah, go ahead. The, the other say? thing is uh, Dan Graziano, uh, mm-hmm. who we saw in on our night in uh, Buffalo, yeah. if you recall. Yeah, not uh, you know in the shower, but at the wing bar. Dan, Dan yeah.
2: Graziano <laughs> is yeah, well, a, <laughs> a good buddy of mine from uh, from ESPN. He's yeah. an awesome human being. Yeah. We saw him at the we we hung out with him at the Wing Bar before you and I went on our own way. Yes, uh, for it's our, our magical one night in Buffalo, and. Anyway, what about Anyway, he said,
1: uh, don't be surprised to see Roshan Johnson emerge as the primary back in Chicago. So we don't know when that's going to be, but it feels kind of inevitable it's headed that way.
2: As someone who's worked a lot with Dan Graziano and knows for a fact that he has two very hardcore fantasy football teams, (laughs) understand that Dan is A, a very good reporter who's very well sourced and understands completely what he means by that tweet whatsoever. Khalil Herbert's my running back 38. Again, I might be too high on him this week. The toughest competition of the year is here. The
0: biggest talents in men's rugby take the stage as 20 countries compete for 20 days of heart-pounding, hard-hitting action at the Rugby World Cup. Watch every match live on Peacock all the way through the final on October 28th with games also available on CNBC. I just think about the veteran guys that have invested time in me and they are investing time in myself. This is a, a dream come true for me to be here in the National Football League and uh, try to make sure I live up to that standard every day. I just feel like I'm doing my job. When number nine comes and throws the ball my way, it's my job to come down with it. and He always makes it super easy, so I think of the ones where some of the under routes in week one and we had some over-the-middle route, uh, over routes uh, this week of uh, play, uh, plays where he's putting the ball in the right spot for me. i got to do a better job of being able to come down with it. That was the star, the rookie star of the first two weeks, Mr. Puka Nakua, Barry. What a star for this kid.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing, I think he just needs a little bit more media training because, like, I would have been nice for him to say, you know, i got to come down with it, but it's nice that Matthew Stafford believes in me the way that Matthew Barry did before anyone else. It was, you know, like, just I appreciate the support right. from Matthew Barry, NBC Sports. He and to, you do want him to forget where he came from? Fantasy, hashtag yeah. fantasy football happy hour, FF happy hour. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, okay. you know. I'm He's a very smiley guy. Yeah, yeah why wouldn't you why, be if you're you getting 15 f- targets a game? Exactly. Yeah. I'd be yeah. smiling too. Lighting up the Niners' defense? Absolutely. Uh, anyway, we love Puka. Puka does make the love list. We've loved him for a long time, like, you know, uh, at least before the season. Um, have I I know I, I haven't brought that up a lot, but I just no. want to kind of like,
1: you know, it's unbelievable there's a discussion like who's going to have a better week this week, Puka Nakua or Stephon Diggs. Like, he's already and that's right a legit, there. And that is he's a legit conversation. Yeah, it's insane. It's unbelievable. 25
2: receptions <laughs> through his first two NFL games. He leads all players with 35 targets. We've talked about this. He's got 10 more targets through two games than Justin Jefferson, who's number two. It's not like they're ignoring Justin Jefferson. He's been targeted on 40% of his routes. 40%. No, the Ram is above 18%. And you think about this Cincinnati Bengals defense that faced Baltimore last week. Ravens wide receivers caught 83% of their targets against the Bengals last week. So we should see success from Puka. Welcome to the top 10, Puka Nakua. I have you at number nine.
0: Our next one here, AJ Brown, Jay. He's going up against Todd Bowles' defense with the Bucks. And listen, AJ Brown coming off a week where he only had 29 yards, but we know Jalen Hurts might not might be looking to purposely get Yeah, him the
2: anti-Puka. He was at, <laughs> AJ yeah. Brown didn't give a smiley press conference <laughs> yeah. at his locker no. after the game. No,
1: no sir. Yeah, didn't uh, get
2: 15 targets. This is also true.
1: Yeah, and look, they the Vikings sold out to stop the pass to an almost comical degree, where at some point maybe yeah. changes up the strategy, blind if uh, they're just running for six yards of carry every single time but i do think that they will be passing more against tampa bay this line is only bucks plus four and a half if you asked me to guess the line before the season i said like eight but the fact that the bucks have looked solid the eagles have looked a little bit jittery they aren't the the fully fledged machine they were last season but i would suspect that they're going to go out of their way to get aj brown right yeah
2: i would agree with that look I, again squeaky wheel gets the grease, right you know all that narrative but here's the other thing right um, they're also playing tampa bay is a bottom 10 defense against the pass through the two games, right? They're allowing over 15 yards per reception to wide receivers. That's fifth most in the NFL. They've given up on 100 receiving yards to a wide receiver in both games this season. And so, to your point, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, who, by the way, are very close friends off the field. Like, they were – that was one of the reasons why Philadelphia went out and got him from Tennessee was because of the close relationship between Hurts and Brown. And so, you heard Hurts in the press conference. Hey, did you hear those things? And he's just like – yeah, man, A.J. wants to compete. We're all tra- – like, he was, he was nonplussed, hmm. which was not a word I thought I was going to say today <laughs> when I got here. But, yes, that's right. A.J. Uh, – Jalen Hurts was nonplussed. I agree that they're going to make an effort to get A.J. Brown the ball, not only to keep his buddy happy, but also because, by the way – He's really good, and it's a nice matchup. So I have him just inside my top 12 at number 11 this week.
0: Yep. Earlier we discussed how Jerome Ford makes the hate list because Tennessee's run defense is phenomenal. But their pass defense does not follow that trend very, which leads Amari Cooper making the love list.
2: Right. So, you know, hopefully he he wasn't 100% healthy, healthy on Monday night and still in a game in which Deshaun Watson did not look good, still ended up producing and was solid – Uh, The Titans have allowed over 16 fantasy points to multiple wide receivers in both of their games so far this year. They've allowed the second-most receptions, the third-most yards to wide receivers through the first two weeks. We've talked about this. It is a pass-funnel defense. You can't run to the Titans. You have to throw. And so Amari Cooper, who has a target share of 24.6% this year, that is the most on the Cleveland Browns. Their, Their run game is in transition. Not a lot is working for Deshaun Watson, but... Throwing to Omari Cooper is part of
1: it. I have him as a top 20 play in week number three. And also in deeper leagues, we'll sleep on Elijah Moore, who's quietly had 16 targets the first two weeks, even in a run-heavy offense. It's probably going to have to pass more now with no Nick Chubb. And so, I mean, there's not much else there in the pass game because Lawrence's man, Donovan Peoples-Jones, hasn't set the world on fire thus far. It's Elijah Moore's the clear number two in that offense.
2: We haven't seen a big, I mean, it's only been two games, but we also haven't seen David Njoku. Mm. Like, I feel like this could be a a nice David Njoku game.
0: Travis Etienne made the love list earlier from the Jaguars, and of course now Evan Ingram does too. It's kind of that matchup with Houston, Jay, that everybody gets their eyes on, knows they can take advantage of. We've seen the big week from Calvin Ridley. We've seen, you know, the bounce-back weeks from the rest of this group, but Evan Ingram looking like the guy going into week three.
1: Yep, Jags are nine-point favorites. The total is 44, and so a lot of that total is going to come from Jacksonville, we expect, and Evan Ingram, I mean, it's been a strange start for the Jags offense. Doug Peterson was talking about how they just, they're kind of almost already running out of excuses for why they aren't being better, and Look, week one, Kirk didn't get much usage, then he gets a ton of usage. I still think they're finding their way, but this certainly is a dream matchup to get right, and Ingram should benefit.
2: He's had at least five receptions in both games this season. He's actually, believe it or not, he's uh, he is running the second most routes on the team. Like you'd have thought it was after Ridley, it was probably Zay Jones, but actually Evan Ingram is running the second most routes. I love this matchup with Houston. To your point, Jay, right? The Colts have allowed... Uh, the most yards after the catch for reception to tight ends through the first two weeks of the season. They give him 80 yards and a touchdown to Colts tight ends, none of whom you feel like are anywhere close to Evan Ingram. That's not not an offense that is anywhere close to as good as the Jaguars are at this point in the season. So Ingram comes in at tight end six for me this week. Yep. This should be a big game today. How about uh, some this week,
0: others receiving votes here, led by Mike Williams, who gets to go up against that Minnesota defense. They've allowed three touchdowns to wide receivers first th- through the first two weeks of the season. George Pickens, who had the big score from Kenny Pickett in week two. He's got the Raiders. That's a good matchup for him. Jordan Addison against the Chargers. Tank Dell against Jacksonville. Jake Ferguson against the Cardinals. Yeah. And then Barry Cade Otten against the Eagles. I think Williams is due
2: for a big game here. Almost a 26% target share so far. Vikings have allowed three touchdowns to wide receiver through those two games. Williams has an end zone target in each of the first two games. Just hasn't, you know, really connected yet. I think that's coming. We talked about Pickens Again, no Deontay Johnson. 35% target share on Sunday. I mean, just unbelievable with the 10 targets. We expect a lot of uh, scoring to be in Las Vegas uh, against that Vegas defense that we don't have a ton of confidence in. Uh, Jordan Addison, look. Chargers have allowed 12 deep receptions through the first two games, and Jordan Addison, whose snap rate from week one to week two really, you know, increased, and we saw it against uh, Philadelphia. Like, especially with, obviously, the run game in transition, I do believe in Jordan Addison. I think he's better than K.J. Osborne right now, and I think the snaps and and routes run will prove it starting this week. But either way, Addison comes in at, like, 36 for me. How about Tank Dell? My man, Tank Dell. Ten targets. Take Ten targets for him in week number two. Played on 78% of the snaps like it's trending in the right direction. They can't run the ball, again, as we talked about with Damian Pierce here. And so going against Jacksonville, which we expect to be favored, the Jags, Tank Dell will be a thing, continue to be a thing. I like Tank Dell this week. also like Nico Collins quite a bit as well. Could have put him on the list. Ferguson, K and again, these are second-tier tight ends if you're outside the top ten, but it's worth noting that if I told you, name the tight end that leads all tight ends in uh, red zone targets this year, you might guess Kelsey. You might guess Mark Andrews. It's actually Jake Ferguson, yeah. uh, of all people. 63% of his targets come in the red zone. Cardinals allow the third most yards to tight ends through two weeks. And Kate Otten, 50 yards and a touchdown – Uh, have been allowed to opposing tight ends both games this season by Philadelphia like they tend to they rush they play back Philadelphia has always been poor against tight ends start your tight ends against Philadelphia is kind of a standard rule they've allowed the most receptions to tight ends through two weeks so Kate Otten who's sort of a thing like it's kind of it's you know Baker's been better than expected Kate not listen I'm just inside my top 20 but he's also available in every single
1: league yep Couple things on this. So, on George Pickens, he's clearly the beneficiary of Deontay Johnson going down. I think people thought that maybe Alan Robinson would rise up. It's really Calvin Austin. He's getting the snaps on the outside, so in deeper leagues, don't mind Calvin Austin. Uh, And then after that... I think a big kind of fantasy relevant happening from last week was that C.J. Stroud showed that he could support multiple wide receivers even Mm -hmm. with what's happening with that offensive line. So Nico Collins and Tank Dell, they're the two guys there uh, over Robert Woods. And then with Jake Ferguson, I think the fact that Dalton Schultz has been so bad so far in Houston kind of makes me feel better about Jake Ferguson that just Dak seems to really like looking for his tight end. and so. Jake Ferguson's going to have some two touchdown games this year, uh, and he's going to win people some weeks, so he is a guy who should not be on waivers.
0: Let's jump into the hate list from yeah. pass catchers, Jay. DeAndre Hopkins has been dealing with a little bit of injury throughout this season. Now he sees the Browns' secondary. He's going to go up against a good player in Denzel Ward. DeAndre Hopkins highlights our hate list.
1: Yeah, and I think this has gone a little bit under the radar, too, because of the Nick Chubb injury and how bad the Sean Watson has looked, but... Cleveland have a top four defense in the league right now. They kept the Bengals to three points in week one. I understand Burrow wasn't right, but they still put up 24 against the Ravens. And then you look at just the Steelers scoring 26 points. Well, they scored two defensive touchdowns, and then there was one breakdown for a 70-yard George Pickens touchdown. This defense is an absolute monster in Cleveland. If DeAndre Hopkins, who is... Kind of nursing injuries as well. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a great spot for him.
2: The the Denzel, like he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. But yeah, have him outside my top 20. Actually, I'm at 25 uh, in my ranks as of today. To your point about the the Browns defense, right? Browns are allowing a 41% catch rate to opposing wide receivers. That is second best in the NFL so far this year. The only wide receiver to have more than 40 yards against Cleveland this year is George Pickens, and again, it was all basically on one play where he made an unbelievable play, but, like, again, think about who the Browns have faced, right? So, yes, George Pickens, but, like, not Jamar Chase, not T. Higgins. Like, it's a really good defense, and so Hopkins, who played under 60% of the snaps last week, he was questionable with that ankle injury, doesn't feel like he's 100% healthy. He's, uh, you know, again, he's just merely wide receiver, 25. It's been an up-and-down season so far for Ryan Tannehill as well. Yep.
0: Our next one, Barry, Hollywood Brown going up against the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense just kind of a murderer's row for anyone to run into. I, in mean, I mean, that's
2: it's a really what it is. I mean, like, I can give you stats. I got stats as to how good Dallas is. I mean, again, they allow the lowest catch rate in the NFL to wide receivers so far this year, under 40%. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the only wide receiver to have more than 25 yards against Dallas <laughs> so far this one. year. Yeah. yeah, right. And, and it, again, it was one play. Right, It was a missed tackle. It's 68 and was Garrett Wilson. Yep. Right? And, and so uh, – he, they're the only team that hasn't allowed a completion of 15-plus air yards this season. I mean, again, the Garrett Wilson play was all after the catch as well. And so, you know, we like Josh Dobbs. We're rooting for Josh Dobbs. But it's Dallas. You know, I just I, – you know, I think he's going to be under pressure. I, you know, you talked about the other day, Jay, about how Micah Parsons is, should, should be the favorite for M, defensive MVP. Right And, I mean, like, Josh Dobbs is going to be running for his life, and so I think it's going to be a lot of dump-offs to James Conner and Zach Ertz in this game. Maybe some bubble screams to Marquise Brown, but – Hard to see him getting into the end zone. He's wide receiver 37 for me this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's two weeks in, so, and they haven't faced much, but this Dallas defense might be kind of historic. Like, that's yeah. what it looks like so far. Micah Parsons is terrifying. The whole defense is terrifying. And Josh Dobbs and the Arizona offense probably not the team to break it down.
0: Our last one here, Jay, Kyle Pitts going up against the Lions. And you would think the matchup, there could be something there, but I think the rea- we're reaching the reality that Kyle Pitts is not a consistent player in fantasy, especially not in the red zone.
1: Desmond Ritter looked terrible against Green Bay. He looked absolutely terrible. I suspect that it would be probably a favorite at this point that we see Taylor Heineke take over as the starter at some point during the season. This is Bijan Robinson's offense, and there's not going to be much for him to eat for the pass catchers.
2: There's not enough volume in this offense to support three fantasy-relevant pass catchers, and at the moment it appears that the pecking order is Bijan, Drake, London, and then Kyle Pitts. He's played 29 career games. He scored three touchdowns. He has single-digit fantasy points in 66% of his career games. He is unstartable at the moment until we see something. I don't love the matchup at Detroit. He's my tight end 13. You're always hoping. Like, Jonu Smith is getting more targets than him. I I just – I don't understand it, but I don't know. To me, he's unstartable until you see it. Yep. Finally, the quarterbacks, of
0: course. And we lead with the man who had plenty to say about the Dolphins' offense – Shutting up a lot of the doubters. Let's hear from them.
2: Well, there's been a lot of naysayers, and you know, I I know our guys in in the O line room hear hear what everyone's saying as well. So that's that's a way that they're able to to shut it, shut the haters up basically. Having Tyreek and Waddle, having fast guys also help me get the ball out quicker to to be able to distribute that and throw off
0: uh, timing for the rushers as well. So I think that's that's been a a big key to that as well. Loa, who leads the love list this week, and Jay, he's got Denver this week where, listen, yeah, they have Patrick Sertan, who's a great player, but there's nothing seems to be stopping Mike McDaniel's offense.
1: No, and uh, Matthew's man Sam Howell did whatever he wanted against the Denver defense, and now uh, the Washington offense is good. It's been good, but this is, to your point earlier, Matthew, this is a different class, and Tua right now, joint MVP favorite with Patrick Mahomes. His passing yards prop on DraftKings is only 264.5. I think he goes over that uh, and has a big game against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I like that bet as well. Roll Tide. Tua to Tungavailoa, of, Ilo, of course, went from Alabama. Tide. There you go, roll tide. Um, through two weeks, the Broncos are allowing passing touchdowns at the fifth-highest rate. Through two games, Denver's allowing at the fourth-highest passer rating. Uh, they rank 30th in pressure rate this season. Tua's going to have a clean pocket. And, oh, by the way, this is a West Coast team traveling east for a 1 o'clock game in the hot Miami heat in September uh, against, I think, the hottest offense in the NFL. Yep. I have Tua at 6. I have Tua at 6. I mean, you know, yeah. You should – and he'd be higher if it wasn't for the fact that, like, at the moment, Waddle's in the concussion protocol, Tyree Kill is dealing with an ankle. Yep. Like, if you knew both were healthy and playing the full game – be even higher.
1: I think it's instructive and a great sign that Tyreek Hill was kind of shut down against the Patriots. Didn't matter. The two were still in complete control. Didn't have the most amazing stats, but he was better than his stats were in that game. Yeah, yeah.
0: And Teron Armstead making his way back soon too. Yep, which is so big. That's yep. a big one. So
1: Our next passer here on the love list, Kirk
0: Cousins going up against the Chargers defense. And for Barry, this week he comes in as QB7
2: for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, Kirk Cousins was on the hate list last week, and that was a mistake. <laughs> and I've learned my lesson. I have learned my lesson. So, welcome. And you're welcome. For everyone that has Kirk Cousins, you know, I sort of reverse jinxed it. I got him out, you know, I got him up and above. So, you know, that's what it is. Like, just, you're welcome, America. You're welcome. I did it. I I motivated Kirk Cousins. Uh, Look, it's a great, um, it's a really positive game script between the Chargers and the Vikings. Two very good offenses, two not so good defenses. 54.5, it's the over under. It's the highest on the week three slate as well. No team in the NFL has a higher passing rate. 79% for the Minnesota Vikings through the first two weeks of the season. 40 or more pass attempts and 340 passing yards both games so far this year. Chargers allowing over 10 yards per pass attempt. Cousins is my number seven quarterback this week. And it's going to be throwing early and often against this one.
1: Kirk Cousins, the current favorite on DraftKings to lead the league in passing yards. Uh, And you can see why.
2: I mean, the Chargers gave up 21 fantasy points in week one to Tua. Okay, fine. Tua is awesome. They also gave up 21 fantasy points to Ryan Tannehill last week. Give me Kirk Cousins this week. The next one here, we
0: get to see him on Thursday Night Football. Brock Purdy going up against Wink Mm -hmm. Martindale's New York Giants offense. And listen, guys. The Giants, Jay, they've been able to get no pressure on the quarterback this year, and they're going up against an offense that under Kyle Shanahan feels like all things are clicking.
1: And it's not just that I don't get any pressure. It's that Wink Martindale bl- blitzes a lot. That's, <laughs> so you're blitzing that's without back. pressure yeah. against Debo Samuel and George Kittle and potentially Brandon Ayuk. This seems like a recipe for disaster. Or McCaffrey out of the backfield, yeah, too, by it, the way. It's just it's a quick inside. dump off, you know. Yeah. Hey, yeah, bring the pressure in. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so I think Brock Purdy uh, who quietly he was on his way to a massive passing day against the Steelers in week one and then the Like, he just didn't have to throw in the last quarter. But he could have had 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in that game. We're going to see Brock Purdy throw, I think, more than we did last year.
2: Yeah, and that's the only concern is if the Giants aren't competitive and do they need to do this. But, like, he's played three home games in his career, and he's averaging over 19 fantasy points per game. He had multiple passing touchdowns in all three games. Since the start of last year, the Giants' bottom 10 in the NFL in terms of most yards after the catch allowed per reception. So, again, think about – Debo, Iuke, Kittle, CMC, also good after the catch. Make no mistake, Kyle Shanahan will take advantage of that. I'm at QB 11. How about some others receiving votes? Russell Wilson. Yeah. Can Pickett,
0: yeah. Not oh. the two you'd expect. And then Matthew Stafford, who's been absolutely great this season.
2: In the four games since Nathaniel Hackett was fired, Russell Wilson is averaging 22 fantasy points per game. Now, obviously, his stats so far this year are inflated by the, the Hail Mary last week, which is fluky, but – The two things that are positive, again, high over under at Miami. We expect them to be trailing. He's going to have to be throwing. And he had 56 rushing yards last week, which is all of a sudden, if Russ is going to start running, like, that's actually interesting as well. I am at QB 13. I do think Kenny Pickett gets up to Schneid at Las Vegas through two weeks. Vegas allowing passing touchdowns at the second highest rate. So, um, uh, and the Steelers' defense has been uh, brutal. And then Matthew Stafford. Again, we've talked about him. Like, that's who Puka Nakua is getting balls from here uh, 93 pass attempts through two games, over 300 passing yards in, in both. Like, he's played unbelievable. Through two weeks, the Bengals have the fourth lowest pressure rate. We've always talked about that when Matthew Stafford has time. He's deadly, and right now he's getting time. I expect him to have time on Monday night against Cincy.
1: Yep, he's a very viable starting quarterback option until further notice, just because of the volume and also just <laughs> his skill level at the moment. Looks like he was in 2021. Not with you on Kenny Pickett. I need to see something from Kenny Pickett. He's been terrible the first two weeks, but... I'm
2: at QB 17. Yeah, I mean, just it, can't, saying he's, it can't get others others are, any worse. It's a I just, it's a, it's a matchup-based, and I still believe in the talent. Again, like... Cleveland and uh, San Francisco are two really tough games to start the year off of. It's a better – it'll be better uh, on the road at Las Vegas. Yep. All right, starting the hate list off here. And, listen,
0: we know all the the off-the-field stuff that Justin Fields has been in the news for this week because of the press conference regarding the coaches. But Justin Fields makes the hate list here, Barry, because, quite frankly – he hasn't been good in fantasy this year. Now he goes up against the Chiefs defense where Chris Jones is back and he wrecked the game last week.
2: He really did. And like, So one of two things happens here. Either uh, I'm dead right, I put Justin Fields on the hate list, right, and I'm right about that, and he once again has another brutal game. He's had under 15 fantasy points in both games this season. Or he does what Kirk Cousins did last <laughs> week, and he sees the column and he gets all motivated. He's like, I'm going to shut Barry up because I know, I'm sure they all read the column. And uh, anyway – but whatever. But he's running for his life against Chris Jones, and then all of a sudden he starts running, and I have helped break the schneid. I have, like, you know, and so I look like a moron because he was on the hate list and he goes off, but there you go. We'd be back. We'd finally be back. As somebody who has a decent amount of Justin Fields, I'm willing to take that hit if it gets us the Justin Fields that we drafted. Three rushing yards last week. He, he's only had four rushing attempts. That's the crazy part here. And so it's just we don't know if all the drama spills out of the field or if it's one of those things that's like all the drama is, it's like, okay, now – he goes off. Like, to me, there's no in-between. He's either going to be a top-five fantasy quarterback, or once again, he's going to be brutal this week. Yep. And I put him on the hate list because I think he's going to be brutal against a Chiefs defense that allows passing touchdowns
1: at the lowest rate through two weeks. Good to say, Barry, playing eight-dimensional chess once again with uh, <laughs> As Justin Fields. Uh Look, I don't know what's going to happen to this game. I don't know what the result will be, but I – pretty confident that Justin Fields is going to run more than he has in the past. Yeah. after that press conference which God, is a little bit overblown yeah. but I'm pretty sure he's going to run more than he has. Mm. Uh,
0: speaking of a man, Jay, that might be running for his life tonight, Daniel Jones against the 49ers. Listen, a brutal week one for Daniel Jones against the Cowboys, a brutal start to week two, monster second half against Arizona. Now he gets the short week against San Francisco, at yeah. San Francisco. Hey,
1: yeah. finally we had a, uh, a previous example of Daniel Jones in prime time this season against an elite defense, and how did that go against the Cowboys in week one? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a rough night for Daniel Jones. Yeah, no sake Saquon
2: Barkley as well, so their offense becomes somewhat uh, one-dimensional since the start of last year. Only three quarterbacks have scored 18 or more fantasy points against San Francisco. So, again, maybe he gets you 15 or 16 because of the rushing, but it's hard to see him having an elite game as well. Fourth lowest implied team total this week for the Giants as well. So we're not expecting them to put up a bunch of points against the Niners who are fourth in pressure rate through two weeks. They get after the quarterback. So maybe that leads to some rushing, but it also means probably Daniel Jones throwing a pick, you know, um, outside my top 15. He's merely a desperation QB two play this week.
0: All right, we're taking our last break. But when we're back more on Thursday Night Football, it's Last Call. We're giving you our best props for the game tonight. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, guys, let's take a look at Thursday Night Football's most bet player props, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Number one is Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards over 77.5. they have taking a page out of your playbook from last week, Jay. Nick Bosa, total sacks over uh, he basically just needs half a sack to hit that. So Nick Bosa, well, that's over. a minus 160. Daniel Jones rushing yards is over 37 and a half. Jake Moody, extra point made over two and a half. And Christian McCaffrey, longest rush over 17 and a half. Jay, anything on this board you like or is your best bet off this
1: board? I do like Nick Bosa over 0.25 sacks. His, his pressure rate, pass rush win rate, mm-hmm. it's all the same as last year. He's just not getting home. That's fluky, he's going to get sacks more sooner or later. Two bets that I'll give you. Brock Purdy, longest completion, over 35 and a half yards. Uh, the Giants, they blitz a lot. They don't get pressure much. That is a recipe for disaster against the Niners. Purdy has been elite against blitzing defenses when they don't get home. And also, to your point earlier, uh, the Giants, not good in terms of yak. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's not the offense to not be right. good against in San Francisco. If he throws
2: a two-yard pass to Christian McCaffrey and then Chris McCaffrey runs 37 that yards, That counts all the same. That bet cashes. And then
1: last one, uh, if you want to get a little spicy, Debo Samuel, 100-plus saving yards is plus 600 on DraftKings. 75 plus is plus 235.
2: Wow, okay. especially, by the way, when you consider the fact that Brandon Ayuk may not be 100% yep. as well. We haven't seen that big blow-up Debo game yet, so I could see that. Yep.
0: Spicy best bets should be an
2: alternate. <laughs> I do like sp- we do. spicy um, best bets. Listen, I'm keeping this simple. Brock Purdy, Total passing touchdowns
0: over one and a half. That's only at minus 120. I think Brock Purdy gets his two passing touchdowns tonight.
2: He seems to do it every week. I got a couple of them real quick for you. Daniel Jones over seven and a half rushing attempts. Like he's had nine or more rushing attempts in both games this season. No Saquon Barkley. Nick Bosa chasing after him. So I think he will have over seven and a half rushing attempts. (laughs) I like Daniel Jones to throw a pick as well. Like normally a pretty protective guy, but on the road on a short week again without Barkley in the backfield. He's got three interceptions through his first two games this season. That's only minus 120 last time I check, and just kind of a weird one here but how about Paris Campbell under 28 and a half receiving yards oh. through the two games he has 23 receiving yards he hasn't been used a lot Wandell Robinson might be back today as well they're actually pretty good against the slot so yeah 28 and a half struck me as high for Paris Campbell in this game I guess people are expecting them to throw a lot but yeah with Wandell potentially back give me the under on 28 and a half receiving yards for Paris Campbell who has yet to hit that number as a giant
1: yeah and last one if uh, this game starts getting out of hand early Live bet the over on Elijah Mitchell rush rushing yards because yes. I think Elijah Mitchell is going to see some work in the second half yep. if it's a blowout. Especially because, by the way, it's short a short week. week. I actually
2: yep. I actually like the under on the Chris McCaffrey rushing yards yep. because, again, you'll see more Mitchell and they'll probably rest the in the second half. the number one bet from the public. It's closing public. time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, Connor Rogers nope. for Jay Crouch and the Magpies. <laughs> I am Matthew Barry. Good luck tonight. Place your bets. We'll see you tomorrow. Go read Love, Hate. Peace out.